0: Welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast, where it's all about uncovering questions, thoughts, and discoveries in your own personal Book of Mormon study. I know it seems crazy, but for over four years, I've been writing out the Book of Mormon, word for word, sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. It's amazing what we can learn when we slow down and give space for personal revelation and insights beyond our normal reading pace. I'm Susan Gardner, a convert, a cyclist, and a Zuma to eight amazing grandkids. Come with me as we unveil new perspectives and understanding as I continue to write out the Book of Mormon. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Susan Gardner, and you are listening to Writing the Book of Mormon Podcast, Episode 5. Now, before we get started, I'd like to tell you something that happened to me this week. I came home from an exceptionally nice bike ride the other day. And I can't remember what day it was, but I remember that at one point I was riding on a perfectly smooth road. Now, that's kind of unusual here in San Diego because there's lots of cracks and potholes. But on this road, I remember it was very smooth and nice to ride on. I was getting all green lights, which is another very unusual thing. And the wind was at my back. These things are really great, but you know what's the best part about this ride? Nobody honked at me. I mean, it was a really great ride. In fact, I got home, I recognized that I had gone faster than I had in about probably about two years, and I sat down in front of my computer, still feeling a bit euphoric about this ride, and I scooted my chair up closer to the desk so I could record this route that I just completed. And as I did so, I looked down and I saw a horrible sight. Yes, I saw a greasy impression of chain links perfectly imprinted on my calf. Suddenly, all the happiness drained out of me, and I was filled instead with such disappointment. Oh, great. That's just great. I wondered how many miles I rode, and how many of those miles other riders saw me with that on my leg. Jeez, I knew what a beginner blunder this was. It made it worse, because I consider myself hardly a beginner. I mean, after all, I've ridden thousands of miles... 30 or 40 century rides, and over a half dozen double centuries in the past 10 years. Yet, I still come home with this on my leg. What is the matter with me? Do you know there's even names for this oily stamp of disconcerting gunk? Some of the names I've heard it called are shark bite, amateur mark, and noob tag? Noob? I don't even know what that is. But it doesn't seem to matter, because evidently, that's what I am anyway. Wow. Just wow. About this time you might be thinking, nice story Susan, but um, we're wondering what this has to do with writing the Book of Mormon. After all this happened to me, you know who I thought of? I thought about Nephi in the Book of Mormon when he exclaims, oh wretched man I am. I suppose in a way I was relating to Nephi. That quote is found in 2 Nephi chapter 4, verses 17-35. through I believe it's commonly referred as the Psalm of Nephi or Nephi's lament, something like that. I remember this lament of Nephi's. In fact, instead of just writing it out, I did something different with this well-known verses that it helped me tremendously. What I did is something I called Dissecting Dialogue. There are many amazing sermons found in the Book of Mormon, but because this one from Nephi is shorter and easier to break down, I'll use it for an example. Here we go. First, it's easy. I signed on my computer and I logged onto the church website. Under libraries, I clicked scriptures and then I chose Book of Mormon, found 2 Nephi, and I went to chapter 4. Right clicked, hold down and drag to highlight only verses 17 through 35. I right clicked again. I copied and then I pasted those verses on a blank page in my Word program. Now, with only 18 verses to think about, this made it easier for me to focus on just the verses in front of me. Next, I read through those verses. As I read through, I focused on noticing verses that were similar in emotion. I gave the verses that I deemed as similar a color. I used the colors green, red, blue, purple, and orange. You can choose the colors you like. These are just ones that I picked. Then I put these similar verses into categories. Now, the names I gave the categories were positive statements, negative statements, questions, desires, and pep talk. Now, having the verses in categories and each of those verses given a color, for me doing this made what Nephi is saying and how he might be feeling more clear. So what do I see? As I look at the paper now, I see the color red. I can see there are only three verses that express negative thought. Now for green. I counted 11 verses that were positive statements. I also noticed most of these positive remarks were made as Nephi remembers what great things the Lord had done for him. I see blue. Even though there are only three verses in this color, it is good to notice that Nephi poses eight questions in those short three verses. He seems to be searching himself for answers as to why he feels the way he does in the first place. I found two verses out of the 18 and categorized them as Nephi's desires. You know, I love how they're not for fame, increased prosperity, or putting an end to the annoying and terribly frustrating brothers, but rather he desires the Lord's help in ways that will make him a better servant. The last category is highlighted in orange, and it's my favorite, pep talk. I love the commanding phrases he uses. Awake, my soul. No longer droop in sin. Rejoice, O my heart. After categorizing and giving colors to Nephi's lament, I understood better why he might have been so upset. Here's my take on it. Nephi knew The Lord had shown him great and marvelous works. He confounded his enemies. He led him through afflictions and preserved him upon the waters. He mentioned several times how much he trusted the Lord. He felt the Lord's love and mercy and proclaims that he will praise the Lord forever. Nephi is frustrated with himself because he expects more of himself. Doggone it, after all, he's the Lord's prophet. He's been given great responsibility he questions why after all the incredible experiences he's had is he still tempted to sin he wonders essentially why after he's proven himself faithful repeatedly how does he put it the evil one still has a place in his heart and seeks to destroy his peace and affect his soul that was it those are great questions nephi i can relate i have felt the same type of frustration with myself on a far different level of course but the feelings are the same at times we both feel overwhelmed by our weaknesses but you know what if we were together I would put my hand on your shoulder look you in the eye and I'd be the one giving both of us the pep talk I'd say we need to stop beating ourselves up give us a break Nephi we're being such such noobs Gosh, brother, think about it. The Lord has only had imperfect people to work with, ever. So if the Lord Himself knows we are a work in progress, then don't you think we should see that too? When I read Nephi's Lament, I discovered Nephi set an example of excellence, of what to do when we become frustrated and overwhelmed because of our weaknesses. He showed us we should be what? More positive. He showed us by remembering all the times the Lord has blessed us to witness His great and marvelous works. We need to remember how He confounded our enemies and has led us through afflictions. We will be reminded that the Lord is always with us, no matter how weak or unworthy we feel. Although being negative seems to come to us more easily, we should strive to make negativity a very small part of who we are we should give ourselves grace and space to make mistakes. The Lord knows us and understands us perfectly. He sees our potential and we need to remember we are His work in progress. Lastly, I rediscovered through Nephi's example, we need to give ourselves much needed daily pep talks. I'd say more exclamations of rejoice, oh my heart, and less, oh geez, I've got grease on my leg. After reading the Psalm of Nephi, something I've read many times before, it's good to know I can learn something new by doing something different. So can you. Try dissecting a dialogue. You don't have to do it the way I did. Do it your way. Find a method that makes sense to you. You'll be surprised how much you learn, because you know, it's not important you discover it first, it's more important to discover it for yourself. Slow pace, give space. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who also loves the Book of Mormon. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to like our page and join our community. You type in writing the Book of Mormon discussion group. This will keep you up to date and current with new topics and conversations surrounding our study. I do appreciate you and I hope you have an amazing day.